Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Housing Wire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the Housing Wire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. In today's episode, I'm joined by Housing Wire lead analyst Logan Motoshami to discuss his recent article that examines how the recent surge in coronavirus cases could impact the housing market this winter. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's upcoming podcast. They say money talks, so why can't we? HousingWire is thrilled to introduce its newest podcast, Girl Funds, a show where we give you our two cents on money. We love to talk with our girlfriends about everything, except our finances. We're here to bring money back into the conversation, hosted by me, Brenda Nath, along with our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler. Be sure to join us every week starting this Wednesday for our girls' night focused on everything from how to pursue your dream of owning a home to affording your best friend's wedding. Each week, we'll have a special guest join us as we intertwine finance and friendship. Hello, Housing Wire guests. Today, I'm joined by Housing Wire's lead analyst, Logan Motoshami. Logan, welcome back, and thanks for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. Just to set the scene, you mentioned in your recent article that before COVID-19, we were trending at 10% growth, but typically after May, total volumes fall. But once COVID hit, we saw a decline for nine consecutive weeks, but that rate has since stopped. And as you point out, we've had 25 straight weeks of year-over-year growth. Can you walk us through what happened? And we'll discuss later why this is important. Okay, so I think the 2020 housing story is actually the February data. You know, housing started off really well before COVID. I think a lot of people forgot about that. In fact, if I was to criticize the housing bears this year, is that they completely forgot how good the February data was. So. We had about 10% year-over-year growth during the heat months, which matters. And then COVID came, right? The fear of the virus, lockdown protocols, everything. We got about nine straight weeks of negative year-over-year data. But after week four, the data stopped going down. We started to recover back up. And today's purchase application data, another 26% year-over-year growth data, 26 weeks now of uh, double-digit year-over-year growth trending over 20%. Now, that 20% growth is probably going to moderate at some point. The question is, will these COVID cases bring that down to the low T's or maybe even single digits? Even if it does, let's just remember that it's not like it was in March and April. The housing W people didn't get what they wanted. The housing bears didn't get what they wanted. And we have to always focus on housing is driven by demographics and low mortgage rates. Those two things are the best ever in our history. Okay, well, what is a W-shaped recovery in action and why is this not that? Well, here's the thing with the W. We had the initial decline, then we had the 
up move. So we had the V-shaped recovery. There are a few people out there, especially on Twitter finance, that are talking about, well, we could have a housing W, we could do, no, right? It, the fear of the virus cannot be replicated, right? We had nine weeks of negative year over year. That is not going to happen. And the forward-looking data told you that. Remember, purchase application data is looking out 30 to 90 days. Really on May, May 18th, which is actually part of the AB economic model, game was over, right? The housing bears just didn't know it, right? Some of them are looking at other indicators for pricing, but the demographics really kicked in. Goes back to February, right? February data was, was really good. Was the actually authentic breakout in housing the first time I've ever seen this, this century that was real because housing data is sticky. So the W was never going to happen. We just, they, housing data will moderate because some of these data lines have gone parabolic. Don't mistake that for a W. The bears blew it this year because they forgot about demographics. Given your answer to that question, and as cases continue to rise across the country, one question you pose in your article is whether or not the housing market will be negatively impacted in the short term. What are the two factors that will keep it from looking like it did in late March and April? Well, the number one thing is that the fear of the virus isn't here anymore. And you, and also, we have a lot of things already set in our economy. Disposable income is higher now than pre-COVID. That was the CARES Act. The Federal Reserve is going to come in and backstop everything possible. Stress, the credit stress, one of the key indicators in the AB economic model, started to decline noticeably. It has been below zero most of the time. Not gonna, we have so many things that are in place. Personal savings are higher. People just feel different now. Then all of a sudden, January, February, economic data is good. Hey, guess what? We have a global pandemic. It's hit our country. You people can die. People are hoarding toilet paper. I always use my baby tortoise uh, carrots theory. I was in line buying carrots for my tortoise and everybody who was in line was basically setting up for a winter for one year. Nobody's doing that anymore, right? We as a country are learning to consume goods and services with an active virus infecting and killing people every day. It sounds crazy, yes, but it's just we just can't replicate that kind of downdraft. So even if the rate of growth slows in purchase application data over the next, let's say, 12 weeks because the we go to two, 300,000 cases a day, just remember, all these things are short-term. The vaccine is around the quarter. Treatments are around the quarter. The bond market is telling you this. The stock market is telling you this. The credit stress is telling you this. So don't kind of be the W or bearish people. They blew it, right? You only get one chance to show your economic game in a global pandemic. This was it. They blew it. Interesting. Well, can you give us a refresher on the five indicators that show when the housing market is rebounding from COVID-19 and where do they stand now? Well, pretty much the AB model is almost done. We got to 98 basis points on the 10-year yield. That was the last thing. Remember, you track data slowly and you kind of see when you have a deep contraction, you want to see how it's going. Number one, of course, uh, May 18th date was really crucial. We flattened the curve confidence, right? The confidence that we're not going to go out and die. That already happened. If you look at credit stress data, credit stress, credit stress got better. If you look at jobless claims, right, it's very high, I know, and some of my economist friends might yell at me at this, but it's heading the best one. We've got 12 million jobs coming back, right? People are thinking, wow, we're not, we're, that's not the end of the world. Uh, um, the stay-at-home orders, we never really had a national stay-at-home uh, shutdown, but, you know, even with some of the restrictions, people are just still acting differently. We're learning to consume goods during this kind of environment, and the bond market, Rule of thumb always, as long as the 10-year yield is above 62 basis points for me, from the start, before, before the 10-year yield drop, the economy data is going to get better. 
right? That was my key always. And we had a few times that we were below 62 basis points, but for the majority part, wasn't. And we want that 10-year yield to get up to 1%. We got to 98 basis points. So after the vaccine news, positive, right? The future looks better once we can get a vaccine, once we can get treatments, then all of a sudden the next wave of labor will come in, the next wave of income will come in. Things are going to be good, right? That was the way to look at 2020, not going to the straight depression, two years where not all this stuff, all this kind of Mickey Mouse stuff that the housing bears have always said, right? They're too, they're too bearish all the time. Okay, well, before we go, my last question to you is what is the key takeaway in your article? Key takeaway is this. I know it sounds terrible when you see cases just explode. Okay, trust me, that, that if we're talking about the health uh, side of this, it, it's terrible. Disposable is higher, savings rate is higher, Builder's confidence, all-time high. Purchase application data is running above 20% trend for 26 weeks. Forward-looking indicators for housing are still okay, even if the rate of growth slows down. Just remember, we are not getting a W. We're not going back to those levels. Why? The biggest housing demographic patch ever recorded in history is here. It's 2020. The next few years, we'll have stable replacement demand. Think of it in that way. Don't think of like a housing boom or anything like that. Think of sticky, stable demand. And that kicked in today. That was the correct way to look at housing in 2020. All right. Well, we're excited to get some new terminology from you. I think this year we had housing bubble boys, forbearance crash bros. Am I missing any? No, you know what? Those two are it, right? You know, the W, uh, they gave up. But yeah, the housing bubble boys, fanatics, forbearance crash bros, fanatics. You know, these are more bubble boy, boy band grifting troll people, right? They're not actually economic people. They just want you to click their sites. And they got exposed for being a fraudulent grifting group. Well, Logan, as always, thank you again for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.